we've been looking at this series, uh, Out of the Darkness, Sweet Things Can Come. We've used Isaiah 45, 3, where the Lord said, I, am, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places. Why, why would God bring you to a dark place? Why would God put you in a place that uh, is frightful? He said, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by name, am the God of Israel. The last time we looked in this series, uh, we were in a dark place of the cross. But I'm glad that the story does not end there. I'm glad that it doesn't end with a dead man on the cross crying, it is finished. It is finished. John chapter 20, verse number 1, let us stand this morning. So the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene, early when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre was, and seeth the stone had taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh unto Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they both ran together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulcher. And him stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went in he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, and followed him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. When they also had other disciples that came first to the sepulchre, he saw and believed, as yet they knew not the scripture that must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own homes. But Mary stood without the sepulchre, weeping, and she wept. She stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels while sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where his body of Jesus laid. They said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, knowing not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, while thou weepest thou, whom seekest thou? She supposing that him to be in the garden, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, Tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which to say is master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but to go to my brethren and say unto them, I send unto my father and your father, to my God and your for God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he has spoken these things unto her. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord, thank you for your mercy and grace and love, Father. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds this morning, Lord, to receive the message that we stand in need of, Father. We'll glorify you. We'll give you the honor. We'll give you the glory in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Uh, we have looked at the darkness there, uh, at Gethsemane's garden. Where the Lord, when he was in agony, prayed and, and sweat became his great drops of blood. We looked at Golgotha, 
where the Lord dies for our sins. This morning we're looking at the grave scene, the grave garden. In John chapter 20, let me say this first. We never associate sweet things coming out of a graveyard. Most of our memories of a graveyard is one of those of weeping and sadness. Can I say this, that all graves all over this world today, even from the ones that you have laid your loved ones into, bears sorrow. All except one. There's only one grave. When you think about the grave, it, it, it evokes joy. It, it invokes peace into your life. When you think about the, the grave, it indeed gives our heart uh, the help that we need to make it through the dark hours of life. The greatest news the world has ever heard did not come. Uh, 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 it got it from a graveyard. It did not come from the government. It did not come from a hospital. It did not come from a pulpit. Uh, but the greatest news that we ever got in this world came from a, a graveyard. When he said, he is risen. Why seek you the living among the dead? You, do you realize there's a lot of things uh, uh, hinged uh, right on the Lord getting up out of that grave this morning? You may think that he, he, his dying was good enough, and yes, it was. But listen to me. If all we preach was a Savior that died on the cross, he's not living. He has not resurrected. We have... An incomplete gospel this morning. We have absolutely no hope to give this world, to give ourselves. The hope of the gospel is that our Savior did die for our sins, but He arose on the third day. Those sins are in the tomb and He lives up today. He lives today. Paul said in 1 Corinthians but if there be no resurrection of the dead, uh, from then Jesus Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching would be in vain. Listen, if Jesus did not get up out of that grave, he was still dead. And his body is somewhere out in, in the ground, somewhere out in the desert. Then what I'm doing here is no hope for you. There's no help for you. It will not help your family. It's not going to help you this morning. It'd be all in vain. If Jesus was still dead this morning, our preaching is in vain. Your faith would be in vain this morning. In other words, you've got this idea there is a new world coming. You got this idea that your, your sins have been forgiven. You've got this idea that you have a great high priest that's interceding on your behalf. But if Jesus is still dead, then all of that is foolishness. Paul went on to say, yes, and if we have found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he had raised up Christ whom he raised not up 
If so be not that the dead raise not, for if he did dead raise not, then he is going, uh, not Christ, Christ risen. If Christ be not risen, your faith is in vain, and yet you're in your sins. If Jesus Christ has not been risen, you're still living your sins. You're still condemned this morning. You're still on your way to hell this morning. Your sins are hanging over your head. We have not been forgiven. God would still be angry with us this morning. And we all would be justly crucified to go to hell this morning for all eternity. If Christ had not risen. That, that's what he's saying. If Christ be not risen, you are still in your sins. Then he said in verse 18, he said, uh, uh, he said, they also which are asleep in Christ are perished. He's saying those that we have went to the graveyard, those that we loved and laid to rest in the graveyards, uh, they're not getting up. It's all in vain. They're dead. They're gone. You'll never see them ever again. If Christ had not been risen, your family is gone. You see, it's a mighty dark scene. You're right. If Christ not be risen. That's where we're at today. Verse 19 of that. In this life only if we have hope in Christ. We're all most miserable men. He said, you're a miserable wretch this morning. You're, you're no good without Christ. If Christ has not been risen, you're still in your sins. Uh, you still have not been forgiven. Hell was going to be your home. You're still a worthless piece of dirt. But I love that conjunction in verse 20 that he said, but now Christ, risen from the dead and became the first Fruits of that to sleep. In other words, he is saying, since he did get up, my preaching is not in vain. He's doing something because he did get up. My faith is not in vain. I really believe something today that is truly true. And because he did get up, I'm not in my sins anymore. Amen. I have been forgiven. I've been set free because he got up. We're going to see our loved ones again someday. There's going to be a reunion someday because Christ risen. We're going to get up one day too. Listen to me. There is a lot riding on the resurrection today. He had to die. He had to suffer for sins. But there is more to it than just that. He had to get up. And I'm glad to tell you, he did this morning. So what do we see about the dark places of the grave? What, what was it like for the disciples to walk through those dark days when Christ was crucified and laid in the grave? 
You may be here this morning, you're walking through some dark places. You've walked through some dark days of life. Or you can see the dark clouds rising on the horizon coming your way and you know you're heading to a dark place. I believe there are some things that can help us just like it helped the disciples to walk through theirs. So I want to give you three things and we'll go home. Three things from this text from John 20. Looking at the point as being the disciples and what they were going through. Look at it, it says their worries. Their worries in a dark place. Even walking to the grave, the ladies are worried about uh, who's going to roll the stone away. They're worried about getting to the place of the Lord to put spices on the body. We find that disciples, uh, uh, they didn't know what, that he had been risen. They're walking the road to Emmaus. Two of the disciples walking to the road to Emmaus. And, and there was no joy in them. There was a lot of worrying going on. The Bible said, we trusted he that been he which should redeem Israel. And they're carrying on the conversation. Then one shows up with them. Can I, let, let me say this. Write this down in your heart. It is easy to be bold in faith when you're not in a dark place. It is easy to stand up and when you're currently in a dark place of uncertainty say, I, I believe God. I was going through what my brother was going through. This is what I would do. You've seen people go through dark times. You've seen people struggle through things. And yet we want to say, well, if I was going through that, I would just serve God anyway. But be careful, because God might put you in that dark place just like them and see how you can do what you say you can do. If you were walking in their shoes, you might not be so confident in your ability to walk in the darkness. We find the apostles and this lady was walking. And then the Lord walks up. They, they, the three years they saw miracles being done. They've heard the preaching of the Lord. But listen, they have now gotten to a dark place. They have gotten every sermon that the Lord had preached. He preached about faith. Faith like the mustard seed. He preached about worrying. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not. They spin not. And I, yet I say unto you that Simon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He says, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, neither have storehouses nor barns, and yet God feedeth them. Amen. How much more did God care for you? They have forgotten that the storm that he calmed, they have forgotten they brought Lazarus out of the tomb. They have forgotten that he fed 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two little fishes. 
They forgot that he met a funeral and a mother were grieving and he just touched the coffin and the boy got up out of that coffin. They forgot everything that Jesus had been preaching to them. All the wonderful things that Jesus done. All the words that he had said. But can I say we cannot get on them too hard? Put yourself in their shoes. There have been times I've been in some dark times. And I've forgotten everything preachers ever told me and I've forgotten everything that I've ever preached because dark times was hit me. It's easy when things is going your way. It's easy when it looks good. You, you can say, well, you ought to do this, you ought to do that. This is the way you ought to carry yourself. Then God puts you in that place and then tells you, show me what you've got, big boy. Darkness engulfs you. The fear comes on you. Your faith slides down. Show me how you're going to live like that. Show me what you've been preaching about. Trust God. Believe in God. Keep the faith. Show me, big boy, how you're going to do it when you can't even do it, but yet you tell everybody else, this is how you do it. I'm telling you, it is easy to get in a dark place and we'll all tend to forget the sermons that we've heard, the message that we heard, and God had helped us time and time before. It's easy to forget those things. When trouble comes your way, darkness comes your way. We can't remember any message that we've heard. We don't remember any of the scriptures that we word. Because we don't remember. Look at Luke chapter 24 with me right quick. I'll show you these people that how easy to forget. Verse 15 of Luke 24. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? Let me, let me say this. Do you know it is possible to have Jesus right beside you in your dark and you don't even know it? You don't even realize it? The Lord is trying to help you. He's trying to talk to you. But we would rather stay sad. He is the one that can make you glad. He's the one that can make you happy. And I don't understand this, uh, but it seems to be the truth. Some Christians would rather stay sad and have a self-pity party than to get happy about the life God has given them. Why? Because it, it, it's, so, it's not to near as much attention when you're happy and living for God as when you're acting sad and depressed. Verse 18, And one of them whose name was Cleopas and was answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? He said, Hey, don't, haven't you heard what's going on here? Hast thou known the things which come to pass in these days? And he said unto them, Jesus, 
got a sense of humor. What things? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which they had prophet, made in deed and word before God and all the people. And now the chief priests of our rulers delivered him to be condemned, uh, condemned to death and, and be crucified him. But we trust that he had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today, this is the third day since things were done. Verse 25. Then said unto them, O fools, how slow heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. It's foolish to start worrying in the dark when you have Jesus by your side. Ought not Christians have suffered these things to enter into his glory? And beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he expounded on them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. He starts telling the Bible. Watch what helps them. Verse 32. And they did, they said one to another, did, I, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us, by the way? While he opened, us, opened up to us the scriptures? You say, preacher, what, what will help bring a person out of a worrying in a dark place? Get into the scriptures. Amen. Get the scripture in your heart. Get the scripture in your mind. It is the book that will help you to get out of the dark place. It is the prescription for worrying today. It's hard to keep, it is hard to stay worrying about things when you got the Word of God in your mind. There have been times in my life that worrying came to my life about the church, about the ministry, about family. What should I do? What should I do? I would just pick this book up and start reading and get it into my mind. And as I'm reading, the worry seems to go away. You can either worry about it or get into the Word about it. You can believe what God has said, but you can't do both. You can't do both. You won't either read the Word of God and let worry go, or you're just going to have to worry about it and forget about the Word of God. You can't help but to read the Bible and start watching God doing this and God doing that and seeing how God has helped people, how God has done miracles. And if God had done them for them, He'll do them for you. You can't worry about it. It drives the worry out of your mind. Let's go back to our text here. It gets the worry out of your mind. Get into the Word of God. The Word of God will help you this morning. Amen. The Word of God will help you. We see worry in the dark place. Not also is the worry in a dark place, but we also see he's working in a dark place. The Lord is working in a dark place. While they are worrying, he's working in the dark. When you're worrying about the stuff that's going on around you, he's not sitting on a throne wringing his hands and says, I'm sure hoping they make it through it. I hope they make out of it. While you're worrying, he's working. 
He said, what's he doing in these days of darkness? Uh, uh, these disciples are sitting around. They're worrying. They're afraid. Uh, they're worrying that they're going to come and get them and take them and crucify them. These guys are really worrying about some things. Just because you can't see God working doesn't mean he ain't doing anything. So what is he doing? <laughs> I've read a lot of commentary, and I'm telling you what, I'm just going to believe what the Bible says. The Bible said he descended into the earth. What did he do when he go down there? <laughs> well, he took your sins to hell, so you don't have to pay for them. Amen. He, he, he took your sins and my sins on the cross and when he got done and we descended in, and he took them to hell so you don't have to go. Then he also went down there and said, hey, hey, devil, give me the keys. I want the keys. He got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I, I thank God for that. He's working in the dark when you can't see it. He's doing things. The disciples are worrying, they're fretting, but Jesus is working, doing something to benefit every one of us. He preached to the captive and brought them free, set them free. I, I believe he went over to paradise over there and said, y'all boys, I'm the one y'all been waiting for. Y'all come on up here with me. Bible said, then he ascended back to heaven. Why did he go back to heaven? He had to go to the mercy seat. He took a mercy seat and took his blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat that we never have to die again. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You see, Jesus is doing something when we can't see it, when things are going on in our life and we worry and we're fretting about this. We can't find God. We can't feel God. Jesus is still doing something. You sitting around worrying about what's God doing, mark it down. While you're worrying, he is working. He's not sitting on his hand. He's not idle. He hears your prayers. He hears your cries. He's at work today. You say, I don't see him. I don't feel him. Well, the disciples didn't see him. They didn't feel him either. But Jesus was working. He did all that. You can say, do you know what he's doing because of that? I, I believe it because of faith. I, I believe it because the book says this is what he did. Just because we don't see God moving in our lives, just because we're in a dark place thinking that God has, does not see us what we're going through, you're wrong. He's at work. He is doing something in your dark place. Now, I believe there's some sitting right here that are worried about family members. Gone astray. Worried about uh, uh, children that's uh, uh, out in the world. And you're praying for them. And worried about them. You can mark it down. He's working because that's what God does. He does the impossible 
and makes it possible for us. God is working behind the scenes in all of our lives. God works when nothing else will work. And if God can do all that what he did in three days, don't put no time limit on what God can do in your life. You know, a lot of times we get down here with the altar, we get here, Lord, I, I need this and I need that and I need it right now. And then you don't get it the day you think you ought to get it. Who do you get upset with? You get upset with God. Because you're putting demands on him. God says, no, 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 no. If you can come with a sincere heart, and ask, I believe he'll feel it. I believe he'll feel it. We, we see that uh, uh, the worrying of the disciples in the, in the darkness and how we get in our dark places. We worry about how the outcome is going to be, what's going to happen to our lives. Then we see and realize that he, he's working even though we don't know it or see it and we don't feel it, but yet we know that God said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. We've talked that if anything we've learned in this dark series is every time you're in the dark, God is there with you. I'm not leaving you alone. But we see his word in the dark place. Everybody's gone. And this woman is weeping at the tomb. Watch the word he gives her in verse 14 of our text. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus and knew that it was Jesus. See, she was kneeling down and looking in the tomb. She saw the angels there. And then when Jesus spoke, she turned to him. Now get that. I like this. When Jesus spoke to her, she turned to him as supposing he was the gardener. And as Jesus was talking to her, and then he said, Mm, get a hold of this. I, I, this, is, this is what got me. Jesus said, Woman, why weepest thou? What's, whom seekest? He knows who she's looking for. He knows what she's wanting. But Jesus just wants to hear it. He said when he, she thought he was the gardener, and I love this because she was looking in the tomb. Jesus spoke, so she turns and looks at Jesus. And all of a sudden, then Jesus said, Mary. And the Bible says, Mary said, she turneth back. That means somehow now when she was talking to Jesus, she turned back to the tomb. And the Bible says, Jesus said, Mary. And as soon as he said that, she realized who it was and she had turned back to him. Mm, too many times we like to look at our darkness. We stay in our darkness. We're focused on our darkness too long. But yet Jesus said, here I am. Here, just turn around and look at me and we'll take a look. But yet we turn back to our darkness. And we're not focusing on him. See, Jesus just wanted her to confess what was going on. You know what? A lot of times we pray for things in our life and we, it just does not happen the way we want to do. Maybe it's because you haven't confessed some things in your life that you need to get rid of. Well, I ask you this. If Jesus comes back in 30 seconds, 30 seconds, would you make it in? 
what he's trying to tell you. You need to keep your heart clean. We need to confess our things. Because I'm really thinking, you know, we never know. The Bible just says you don't know the day nor the hour. And we all, we're, we're, we're all here looking. We're, every one of us in here, we're looking for that rapture, ain't we? Yeah. Amen. We're looking for that rapture. Yeah. Can, I, can I break your bubble? Some of us are going to go by the way of the grave. It's just the way it is. And it can be the young ones. It can be the old ones. It can be the middle-aged ones. So we don't know. We don't know when we're going. You could walk out the door today and it could be your last day on earth. You don't know. But are you, is your heart right? Are you clean with God? That's what we're supposed to be. And Jesus just telling me, he says, I know what you're looking for. Jesus knows our heart. He knows our mind. He knows our thought. But he wants you to confess it. Amen. Confessing with the mouth does the heart good. Amen. Because there's some, I, I imagine there's some of us sitting here today that's got things in our life that we really need to get rid of, get out and under of. Say, Lord, here they are. I don't need them. And I don't know how Jesus said this, but it, and, and I, I, I kind of, I would like to think it was a, Mary, well, that wasn't Jesus though. <laughs> he might have said it that, smil, that still small voice that she recognized when, she, when, he, when he said Mary, Jesus, I, I know that voice, I, I've heard that voice before. When I was full of the devils and I couldn't do nothing with my own, I, I, I was going under, I was in a dark place. But that voice, that voice called me out of that darkness. Mary, when's the last time you've heard that voice? I've heard that voice. Call me out of that dark place. I heard that voice. I know what that voice sounds like. And, and when he called me, I'm like, thank you, Lord. I was in a dark place. <laughs> Jimmy, come. And I love hearing that voice. I love hearing that voice. If you listen, he will call you. I, 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 when, I, when I got saved and, and I, I was listening for uh, uh, that thundering voice when, I, when uh, the prophet was in the cave and the thunder and lightning, I thought, that's how God's going to speak to me with the thunder and lightning I wanted to be a, a big show. <laughs> Jimmy. Somebody say something? Jimmy. It's God. Still small voice. Still small voice. And what I'm just trying to say, I said all that. All I said, all that to say this. If he had not got up out of that grave, you would still be lost and doomed to hell right now. But thank God, hallelujah, he got out of the grave. And I'm going home someday, either by the grave or by the rapture. I don't care which way, but I'm heading home. Thank God, pray, hallelujah. Amen, praise God. How about you? Get it under the blood. 